So we have our very first question here, and that is, what inspired you to become an instructor? I was very fortunate to have been exposed by people at the very top of that industry, as well as some uh, local regional fellows that really knew what they were about. And what inspired me most was their commitment to the student. And uh, I found that I had some capacity to do it. I, I, I will routinely comment at the end of my class that uh, I, I am at this moment a supremely happy man because I'm with my people, helping them improve. And it's almost, it's a, uh, I, I, I've named my RV Maslow. I'm moving into an RV. And it's the whole hierarchy of huge things. And I'm, I'm achieving now at almost 60 self-actualization. Mm -hmm. This is why I was here. Uh, this is what I was meant to be doing. And I'm just, I'm very happy to be doing it. That's awesome. I have a side question that was not listed, but I just got to ask, tell me about your relationship with Pat Rogers. Wow. Uh, I hosted Pat at the Quantico Shooting Club, I want to say 2006, 2007, somewhere in that time frame. And uh, I was profoundly fortunate. He just took me on your wing. And uh, I was, I, I was, you know, part of the, I, I would say blessed to be a part of that, of, of that circle. And we know it's a, it was a huge circle. Yeah. And he was a master networker. Uh, and we, we would call, we'd talk a lot. I took many of his classes, hosted him many times. And it was just uh, to, to watch a man, again, achieve what he, his purpose. Yeah. It was inspiring to witness. I, 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 not much time goes by where I don't reflect upon how fortunate I was to know Pat and all that he did for me and continues to do for yeah. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, <clears throat> I was, uh, I don't know if we actually officially met but I, I was there at the uh, at the viewing and then the bar afterwards. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a pretty good time. Uh, yeah. after, after view, I mean, viewing was appropriately sad. And when we packed up and went over a few a few beers later and the story started to blow. Yep. And then we, we, we closed down that first bar and we went to, to the uh, to the pub, the other pub there. And they popped up the Pat Rogers uh, death. In the desert, when we, we shot that rattlesnake with yep. the Arba, and we all had a chance to get one last good yes, Pat. Yep. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that was a hell of a setting off. Yeah, that guy, man, master networker, and he would do anything to help anyone as long as he could, he could feel that it was going to be worth it and that people were actually going to put forth the effort to continue. I don't, I don't think I'd call it his way, but his, it's almost like we're, Oh, not his kids, but it's it's something I, I can't describe I, it. I, I won't go so far as to say acolytes or minion. Yeah, but definitely we're form we're spawn. Yes, yes. So a lot of even his after action reports that he would post on Light Fighter regularly, uh, a lot of his discussion one on one with me or seeing his interactions with others inspired me with the way I run primary and secondary. And so yeah, there is a direct. Con there's a, a direct connection between the way Pat was and the way I, I do stuff because I, I found it was so effective and it was so helpful for others. So yeah, wonderful man. <clears throat> Next question, who inspires you and who, and who are and were your role models? I take a lot of my inspiration 
uh, from the people who come to me to prepare them for potentially the worst moment of their life. That is really what inspires me. Uh, that, that has to be the central theme, I think, for any truly successful instructor, that you can't be in it for the money, because believe me, I'm sure as hell not yeah. in it for the money. Uh, uh, the fame, no, not so much. But it, it's the people, when they look at you, like, uh, I've had fathers entrust their entire families to me. Yeah. That's where my inspiration comes from. Uh, uh, for that, people, role models I have, uh, obviously Pat was very formative. Uh, I've been also fortunate enough to have fallen into the circle of Range Master and Tom Gibbons mm -hmm. and, and that circle. And uh, I'm profoundly in debt there as well for my, for my ongoing professional development. Uh, Kelly McCann uh, had a, a real impact on me and uh, he's just a straight up guy and he's still in the business. And uh, I think he's 63 or 64 now. And he might go about a buck 65, but he will hit you four times before you can blink once. And every ounce of his being will be, high, be, will be behind every one of those blows. Uh, so a lot, a lot I've got from Kelly. Uh, and then just, uh, well, I can draw some strength from the industry itself, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of good work. Scott Jaglinski, Steve Fisher. Uh, I mean, I, I, I could go on and on and on with the names. Uh, this is kind of a golden era, I think. I agree. Uh, and and for, for firearms instruction. Yeah, we have awesome people and we're all easily connected. For everything negative that the internet provides, we have this this connectivity this underlying uh networking which is wonderful evan yeah so those people that you talked about originally your students that really inspire you I'm, I'm curious to know how many people that you train generally come to you understanding how serious what they're doing is compared you know i mean how many people really come to you and they say i understand you know that I'm coming to you so that I can learn to use a gun to defend myself. Whereas some people are, at least some people that I've met are much more nonchalant about it. And they're just, oh, I'm just here to have fun and sh maybe shoot better and hang out, you know. Uh, I'm fortunate. Uh, my students self-select in that regard. Uh, also, the title of my, of my flagship class, Streets Encounter Skills and Tactics. That puts a very fine point to what the what what they're there for. This is for a uh, 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 a conflict. And it could be over something very simple or silly, like a uh, parking spot, yeah. uh, or it could be or it could be predatory or criminal violence. And all all throughout the whole uh, the class, I, I run the thread that this is about the violence, and you're here for a purpose. And it can't be about uh, enforcing your will upon someone else or defending your ego. It has to be about legitimate self-defense. And you have to, to know yourself to the point that you can, when you can walk away from something and, and declare victory, or when you'll have to do something uh, in, involving force. And then ultimately, it could be the, uh, the last resort or the, or the immediate resort or the final option. And we have to have a dial. Uh, I'll have it uh, all the way from zero to 10 from polite social exchange to I'm kind of uncomfortable to aggressive panhandler 
to this guy is trying to shake me down a strong arm robbery to, to, to violence. And we also like to have next to that dial, which by the way, can go up or down a big red button. And this is where we had to mash that button where the situation has devolved to the point instantaneously where we have to employ lethal force. And I, I, I drive that home to my students. Uh, the, the class starts with a five-hour video uh, series. And one of them is a criminal, uh, pre-assault criminal behavior. And I show them multiple instances of what lethal violence and criminal violence can look like. So they should have a pretty good idea why they're there in my class when they show up. Yeah, right. the, the gravity, the gravity yeah. of that is. Uh, I will frequently break into a class and I'll, I'll, I'll make a point and I'll say, uh, I may, I kind of channel Pat, you know, I may have mentioned this before, but this is a highly consequential series of decisions you're making. Yeah. You are, you are betting your, your next 25 years of your life or whether or not you even have those 25 years of life, all the chips are on the table. I forget who it was who said it. Uh, when you put it, when you strap a pistol on, you are making a severe, a, a profound statement, both to yourself and to the world, that you are in fact equipped right at that moment with a, you know, a second and a half, someone can be dead at your feet. Yeah. And if you if your head isn't wrapped around that, then you need to take a step back and think hard about what you're doing. Yeah. And I think it's, we've been fortunately, at least within my little network, fortunate that we have not been encountering too many people that haven't quite grasped that. On occasion, we'll run into some people that don't quite get it. And then we explain and they're like, oh, I see now. But fortunately, we have resources like uh, John at ASP, Active Self-Protection, that has his videos constantly that just huge reinforce. Fan. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he has done a lot of work. Uh, some of his recent findings have actually uh, drove a redesign of my target. Hmm. Uh, he mentioned that uh, if you can see dude's ear, you have a 1.5 second window hmm. where, where you, you can act before you can perceive your, 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 and react to your action. Uh, if you can see the back of his head, that's a two second window. Hmm. So I, I'm, I, I, I really run the theme in my class of time and timing. Yeah, the time it takes for you to implement a skill or perform a task, and then the timing for implementing that task. You have a variety of means to drive that home, and he really he he really brought it home with that with it with that with his most recent work in that regard. That was for me. What's so cool about that is that that's providing a left and right medium median for okay. This is where my performance needs to be. I need to fall within this gap. Well, he, he made the larger point that, gee, all these years we've been doing this like 1.5 seconds. Well, guess what? Yeah. There was a reason for it. Uh, I think he's done a really fine job of quantifying it and putting a point to it. Um, and, and I mean, you can't video surveillance has its weakness. And he, he recognized it. it's generally one perspective. And sometimes the camera, it may not blink, but it may not show everything. Yeah, but he has seen enough of these things over time to draw some pretty solid conclusions. I think uh, decades ago, I, I presented a class, and I was I had video in my presentations back then. And then in the, of the class, I had a, a lady walked up to me and she said, "I very much appreciate your incorporation of recognition prime decision modeling in your in your presentation." 
I said, well, yes, yes, of course. Uh, Jones at UCLA was very revealing. I had no idea what RB, what it really was, but she's a cognitive neuroscientist. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and she and her husband now are quite close friends. And uh, I just kind of fell into it. I mean, that looks about right. And there, well, there's actually a lot of science to it. And, and John is driving it home to a, to a fine point. Awesome. So what do you consider to be your specialty? And we kind of talked about that. And how are you different from other instructors? Uh, I'm multidisciplined within the context of an average citizen. Uh, there is a lot to be said for, the, uh, for burning down a B8 at 25 yards. I mean, 10 shots in five seconds, whatever the standard is now, Bert. That is great. Uh, unfortunately, it's, that, that skill set is null and void if someone pops off behind a car and clocks over the top of the head, back of the head. Uh, someone has said recently, your sub-second draw stroke is worthless if it's three seconds too late. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not the guy you come to to take that half second off your draw stroke. My goal is to give you five or six seconds heads up. I'm like, oh, hey, this is not right. I should be leaving. Or, you know, that, that silly dude, I think I might need to get my, my gird my loins and prepare to blow holes in that guy because I can't leave. And with that kind of time frame and those preloaded decisions, and then the skill sets built behind those preloaded decisions, that will allow a, a prompt, effective counterattack in a time frame that dude just isn't prepared for. Uh, if, if you are his 35th armed robbery victim and the previous 34 just stood there and, and looked slack-jawed and, and complied, when you suddenly bust off and doing something that he has not has never seen before, let alone uh, comprehended could happen to him, that will cause a gap yeah. in his, his action. Uh, years ago, I'll throw a plug out here. Another formative instructor, John Farnham. He, uh, he, he talked about how we, we, we die the gaps, and we do. And I'm putting some thoughts into that because the gaps can be multifaceted. It could be a performance gap. It can be a knowledge gap. It could be a number of gaps. Well, they have got gaps too. And uh, I would use it to like, if they encounter a, a citizen who can effectively defend themselves, it's like watching Elvis ride uh, the Loch Ness Monster, or watching Bigfoot ride the Loch Ness Monster in the Elvis' spaceship while singing a duet. It's like, what is happening? This is not right. And well, that, that the script can get flipped. And that is my forte uh, acquiring, understanding the problem, acquiring relative skills, uh, the pre-problem problem, like, oh, I see this coming. Yeah. And I, I should, I, I, you know, I can't sit here and admire the, admire the problem. I need to do something. I was guilty of that once. Well, I was not quite different story. And then, or I just, I saw something and I decided, you know what? I think I'm right. I'm just gonna walk right into this and see, let's see how it goes. That was, that was young man, stupid. At, you know, at age 38 or so, 40. Uh, and then there's actually the incident itself. And it could be a harsh word. It could be a face, face full of pepper spray. Or it could be, uh, you know, a controlled pair, high center mass. And then I have to prepare you for what comes after that. Because law enforcement will take an interest in what you just did. And uh, I, I rely heavily upon the giants in the industry right now in that regard. Amas Ayub and Andrew Branca. And I, and I lay out the pitfalls and there's essentially a, a divergent 
option you have there. But they all conclude with, if I, I'll, I'll just uh, use an acronym here with acronym with STFU, or which actually spells, stands for I want my lawyer, and then shut it up. Uh, and all points in between. And uh, then you have to think about what is your life going to be like after that? Yeah. Uh, I have talked to many people who have defended themselves successfully and uh, they have found that the relationships have changed. Many have found themselves unemployed, even though they were subsequently found entirely justified. It, again, I'll, I'll say it. These are highly consequential decisions. Yeah. And people need to understand the spectrum of the branches and sequels that can take place off, off of every action or inaction. One of the things you mentioned about uh, helping people identify things ahead of time as a veteran police officer, when I first realized that people didn't know what suspicious meant, just, it was crazy. Well, when um, you see something suspicious, okay, so what? Okay, so if you that. see something outside the norm, if it's winter and someone's walking around with shorts, that's exactly. a little outside the norm. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, it's three in the it's three yeah. in the morning, and there there's a group of people wearing all black walking in front of your house. That's suspicious. The uh, the uh, look, pay attention to who's paying attention to you. Yeah, uh, who doesn't you know which of these things is not like the others? Little Sesame Street here. If you're in a grocery store parking lot and you're seeing people push carts around moving groceries from, from cart to car, trying to corral their kids. Those are people in the moment. That's not their problem. That those two, those two guys with their back against the wall like this, looking around. That ain't right. Yep. Uh, and we need to hone in on what ain't right. And, and at the same time, we need to think about what the signal we're sending because we want to, we, we, we are, we are constantly broadcasting everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And that signal is being received. And I guess our goal is to not look right as well. Yeah. That, that's, a two, that's a two-way street. Evan? Yeah, and I, I really think that what you're describing here, specifically with um, looking for things that are not right and actually being aware. I mean, people talk about it all the time, but I think it's just as important as, if not more important than carrying the gun to begin with. Because if you don't know... You know, it's exactly like you said before, who cares how fast your draw is if it's three seconds too late. If you are not looking for issues uh, before they become your issue, and if, if you're not aware of something that could potentially happen to you, then what what's the point? I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 that is a foundation of mindset, I think, is uh, first off, you have to know yourself. Uh, and that is how, how you will, will act or react or respond in any given situation. You have to recognize that you are a, a you are an, an input system. We have our we have our senses, and if we let people push our buttons and flip our switches, we can be prompted into an improving course of action. We have to know that, and after that, you have to just keep your head out of your phone. Recognize that there is a segment of society that means you ill. There's another segment of society, a larger segment, I might add, that you can have a, a conflict with. And a normal human being can engage, go from rational conversation to screaming violent idiot faster than many people can, can appreciate. Uh, I default and lean heavily upon the works of, of William April in that regard. And William's major point was 
uh, what the biggest mistake we can make is to project our morals, ethics, and values upon someone else. Because I'll, I'll go back to Farnham, that can be another part of the gap. And that gap can be Grand Canyon wide. Uh, and then once you recognize that there's a thing occurring, a thing as it would be, you can't just admire the problem. That must, that recognition must prompt positive, decisive action. Uh, from all the way from depart to like a verbal challenge to maybe a face full of pepper spray or, or any point in between and, and beyond. But uh, you just can't admire the problem. Uh, oh, look, those three guys are walking toward me and they're fanning out. I know what this is. Murphy talked about this. Well, yeah, that's great. Do something about it. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it's worthless. Awesome. Um. At what yeah, point did just, you uh, oh, go ahead? That just reminds me of uh, the, Craig did a quick video series, I think, not too long ago. And I think in one of them, he was in a parking garage turning around a corner with a phone in his hand. And he had somebody, you know, hit him across the face or whatever. And he, the, the point of the video was he basically brought up it's too late at that point. I mean, if you're not paying attention, you're not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, he, here's the curve, and here's you. Mm. and uh, if, if you're lying there on the sidewalk pondering what the hell just happened yeah that's 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 way too late yeah and after you figure out what's going on hopefully before it's too late you need to figure out what you're going to do about it yeah uh and, and have skill sets pre-assembled for that moment yeah. to support to support that decision and of course the tools upon your person At what point did you find your ability was good enough to teach it? What were the clues? Uh, I taught my first formal class at, at Quantico Shooting Club circa, oh my God, 2004, 2000, yeah, holy cow, 2005. Uh, and uh, after the class, I, 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 took, I collected up Re, 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 you know, uh, reviews. And one guy wrote that he was a he was a professional teacher and that the instructor either, either had studied how to instruct or had a natural gift for it. Well, it was pretty much option two. Uh, I had a lot of success in, in the Marine Corps as a briefer and as an infantry squad leader teaching classes. And I, I, I just came to it kind of naturally. And, and uh, my confidence has grown. But it has to be weighed with a big touch of humility because I know what's I know what's at, at, at stake, really what's at stake, yeah. and it's it's far beyond my reputation. Someone has entrusted me with their life, yeah, and, and that's that's the big thing. What is your secret to creating lesson plans? Oh, it's easy. You just watch what happens. Uh, if you can pull apart and i've been doing it for some time you watch a surveillance video of what happens during the course of a crime or what happens before before a crime oh all right well then here here are the things you, you can map skills to those events and that's that's a secret uh it isn't so much uh equal height equal light you know move the trigger directly to the rear without disturbing the sights uh that's certainly part of it but if, uh, just watch what happens, uh, the verbal interplay, 
uh, I, I work now on uh, on working on verbal verbal guessing guessing uh, verbal deflection and departure, deflection and departure, deflection and departure. I don't want to engage people in conversation. Yeah, uh, I, I do that. I do that in my in my class, and people are kind of like, oh, I've never had to do do this before. I've never conceived having to do this before. Well, there it is. Uh, I've I've had some life experiences where I frankly have not done so well. Once the ego gets involved, uh, it's it's hard to you know to, to say I'm sorry because I don't like to lie because I'm not. <laughs> but uh, it, it, a little a little white lie at that point can go a long way. Uh, and uh, a quick wit and a sharp tongue may not be your best ally at that point. So that's you just look at what human interactions all the way from uh, pleasant social exchange. Yeah. Uh, all the way to a magazine dump and, and points in between. Yeah, yeah. And even in a completely non-threatening environment, you know, just a conversation that you're having with a coworker, it's pretty amazing to see how much better things go when you just apologize, even if you're not mm -hmm. sorry. <laughs> it's it's mind with spouses. Honestly, it's, uh, yeah. I'm always uh, sorry when I apologize to my wife. A, a couple years ago, I was caught in a confrontation at, at work, and I work for in the intelligence community. Uh, little did we know that uh, a, a video teleconference had begun. So I ended up you know, looking very, it, 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 I, I ate a lot of crow. I was subsequently proven right, but that's not the point. At that moment, it was getting out of hand. There was gonna be, it was, and I just, you know, dude, all right, you're right. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, let's just call this. Uh, a lot of people saw it and it was out of character for me, they thought. When in fact it was actually quite in character because I had to. There's nothing that was going to take place there with those words in that circumstance that was going to benefit anyone. And that recognition has to come to the fore that it, you know don't split the small shit and it is all pretty much all small shit. Get back to your family. Get back to your yeah. house. Keep keep your bank account intact. Yeah. Uh, recognize that there are prosecutors in this country right now that will push a bad case just to make a point. Uh, during the Rittenhouse trial, I was laid up, I had some Achilles surgery done, and I was recovering, and I was on Oxycontin and uh, Glenn Levitt and, and taking in the whole thing. And uh, in 2020, I took Masayub's Lethal Force Instructor class, and we had a moot, moot court in that class. And before the moot court, Moss gave us a, a presentation on these are crappy things that prosecutors will do to get a conviction. And if I had turned the Rittenhouse trial into a drinking game, I'd still be passed out. Uh, uh, impugn the defendant for invoking his Fifth Amendment right. Check. Withhold evidence. Modify evidence. Misrepresent the law to the jury. Blah, blah. And, and think about this, guys. They did that with the whole world watching. Yeah. All right. So what would they do to us? Not only that, but most of the world didn't even care. Oh, Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 It's it's at a point now where they're just allowed to do it. And it, uh, well, uh, no repercussions from the public. It's very rare that you will find a prosecutor sanctioned. I can think of only a couple cases. Uh, on the guy, uh, they took the... Uh, the UNC lacrosse players and that rape allegation. I think that guy lost his job and was disbarred. Uh, we could go on. Uh, I, I ran across a YouTube video 
of a wrongful homicide conviction in California and, and what it took to get that overturned. Uh, it, the guy was, he won on appeal, but that was after 10 years in prison. Uh, another case in Washington state, uh, uh, eight years, uh, eight years in prison before it won on appeal. Uh, he had, he had invoked his Fifth Amendment right and was continued. It, it just was not, uh, they continued to question him and that, that, threw a, you know, it, it was grounds for appeal and plus he was innocent, but it just, there's a, it's a huge snowball you're packing yeah. at the top of this hill. And once it starts rolling, there's no guarantee where it's going to stop. Yeah. And what it's going to take with it. Oh, ooh, ooh, I gotta write that one down. Go, yeah, I'm gonna add that to my analogy. It's an avalanche. The snowball yeah. can become an avalanche. You're buying a ticket to destination somewhere. But so I, and I've been covering this a lot recently in a lot of lectures I've been doing at work, talking about how the bad guy has a say and and as as cops. We react to whatever they do. In these instances, I could see our reactions on the street, everyday civilian people, uh, citizen people having an impact on the way things play out. Absolutely. I, I ran across a YouTube channel. Uh, it's a, I think it's a Columbus, Ohio PD officer. And he does uh, FOIA requests for badge cab of his colleagues. Yeah. It is an amazing channel, uh, and you can you can see when it, when you start playing the verbal dueling banjos, uh, how it can go. Uh, numerous examples there of officers showing up and just putting like an oil on the waters to calm things down, uh, and then ultimately, but sometimes though, oh, you want to be a, I don't know how far we can go on this podcast for language, but uh, you want to be you want to be an asshole to me? Well, then let's let's just show down right now. And watch as I shove you, you know, verbally yeah. beat, you know, because I, you know, it's like I have 10 or 12 interactions like this every shift. And I've, I've been doing this for 15, 20 years. All right. And then you're, you're a smart mouth. Well, good luck with that. And generally, generally however, occasionally officers lose their cool. Yep. And then, uh, and, then it, and then it can get pretty, pretty ugly as well. Uh, but it's a great channel. And the humanity I've seen in that channel. Uh, as an aside, it was a call of a, of a woman in distress. Officer arrives, and this woman was no stranger to the drug culture, probably meth, uh, and she was changing in a porta potty, which was just filthy. And the, and the exchange, once she determined that she had no, she couldn't hurt him, he went to human being mode. Hmm. And, it, and it was like, sweetheart, I can get you the treatment today. Yeah, because she yeah. was smart and could carry. He was he tried so hard, and that is something that is so unappreciated. Uh, I, I I will see uh, a thousand questionable uses of force and one definitely wrong use of force before I'll see one instance of what I just described. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this out there as well. Probably the second greatest stroke of luck I had in my life was not being hired by LAPD in 1996. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm glad that did not happen in retrospect. At the time, it was kind of a, uh, kind of, I, I was out of the core, lost a job. I was a month behind on a credit card bill. It wouldn't touch me until I, but then I moved into something else. But, 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 but uh, I don't know where I'd be right now if I, if I had gone down that path. Uh, but uh, it, it's, that, that, well, it probably works out just as well. Yeah, yeah. 
So in your opinion, what are the important things for instructors to have beyond their curriculum? An understanding of what they're looking at when students show up. Uh, they have to be able to do a, a quick thin slice of, okay, I noticed this guy has got Gucci gear, but I also noticed that it's brand new. So what, what does that tell me? Uh, I've also found that the slack jaw and baking expression, and you're over on the left side of the line. Uh, you, you, here's another thing I've inquired, uh, acquired. Anyone who use, uses the phrase, I've been shooting all my life, hmm. it just scares the bejeez out of me right off the bat. Yep. Uh, now, that said, in fairness, I met the, the unicorn. Uh, it was a class I was hosting with Melody Lauer, an awesome instructor. And uh, the guy, I've been shooting all my life. I'm like, oh, here we go. Well, mm -hmm. he in fact, I'm like, oh my God, you're him. You're, you're the one. Uh, he couldn't in fact. Uh, Just close down the, shop now. You found him. That's right. You're, that's right. You're done. You can retire. Yep. I, my, my work here is done. I'm off to the retirement home. Uh, other things you have to be able to do is uh, talk to people to, to make a point. Sometimes sarcasm is effective. Uh, you have to be able to lead them to a, to a path along the path. You can't just maybe occasional little gentle push, but uh, shoving uh, over theatrics uh, designed to intimidate. It doesn't go over well. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty loud and it's for a purpose. And that is if the first time someone has been yelled at in their life is at that moment. They're going to shut down. That well, that's part of the tactic is using harsh language and loud voice to get that moment of hesitation. Well, then that's a that's a gap, isn't it? Yeah. And we die in the gaps. So I I may I may use a loud voice and some some language, but it's it's mostly an affectation at that moment. It's not part of the per, of, the, of the persona at all. Uh, on on issues of money. Uh, you've got to be exactly 1,000% honest. Uh, in the past, I've had uh, no questions asked. Uh, if you can't make the class, here's your money back. No, I, you know, your cancellation. It hurts. I did the math in the last year. That hurt bad. And I may have to readdress that uh, coming up. Uh, but if there's ever a question that you're, you're holding people's money it, 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 with, oh, it's just bad. That is, that is, that's stinky. Yeah. Uh, so integrity is a huge thing. Uh, also attribution. Yeah. Uh, attribution. Uh, William April, go back to that. His, his tagline was, you should attribute to the point where people think you have never had an original thought. Uh, Cause I, you know, it's, it's, it's thievery. It, it really is of a, of a form. It speaks to, to larger issues. Oh, and, and don't don't inflate your resume. Uh, uh, that that comes back to the honesty issue right there, and, and we we are both we're, we're abundantly aware of people in the recent past who have have uh, presented themselves as something that they never were. You were talking about uh, yeah, giving credit where credits due. Last month, I was teaching weekly a ten-hour block on structure clearing. And there's a heavy influence from Direct Action Resource Center, Darcy. The classes essentially were commercials for Darcy. Right. I was telling people, look, 
and we even watch on breaks. We're watching Darcy videos. If you like this, you need to go to the real class that we're only skimming the surface here. And uh, I, I'm excited because it, it did get some, it, it did appear to get through to some people, whether they're actually going to follow through and attend, though, and go is another story. But I, I basically told them if there's anything I can do to help them get to that class and I will do it. Uh, my course, Street and Car Skills and Tactics, uh, is essentially a, maybe a bit lower than the wave tops. I, I cover pepper spray, but if you want more, you go see Chuck Hager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if you want to understand, uh, all right, my class essentially starts at the three-yard line. You get closer to that, you're, you go see the Shiv Works Collective or these other people. I'll, I'm going to send you off that way. Yeah. Uh, this is a good look of what it looks like, but oh, by the but I, it's not my not my thing. And I, we all suffer the tyranny of time. And I've got you know 16 hours over the course of the weekend to hit to hit the big the big things. But there are other big things that people need to need to you know continue down that path. And just uh, I'm fortunate enough to be to be networked with instructors that, that are worthy of that of that uh, referral. How cool is that though? I'm just thinking back as when I first started taking training seriously, already been doing cop stuff for years, uh, started to actually take uh, training seriously, going to classes, but then to have an instructor say, okay, we're skimming the surface here. If you want to go in depth, you need to go to this class. That is so cool. Well, uh, the, the paradigm is shifting a bit. Uh, there used to be, uh, it was, I would call them cylinders of excellence instructor instruction. Like, uh, you come into my pipeline, you pop up the top. There's nothing else to the left and right. Yeah. Just keep, keep rising. Oh, but there's so much more. And you cannot be intellectually honest to, and to tell someone that yours is the sole perspective on any yeah. particular topic. Um, and, 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 uh, this generation of instructors, I think is doing a much better job than what we, what we would have, would have seen in the past. Yeah, I reiterate constantly, okay, what I'm providing right now, this is a way. It's not the way. For the purposes of this course, though, please try this way. And later on, we can integrate your way and see if it works. But let's work on this this specific method, which is an option. Evan? Hey, uh, you, you, ha you have paid me for a perspective. Exactly. Uh, you, you're doing yourself a disservice by not at least... Uh, exposing yourself to that perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this is something that's happened to me before in classes where I go to a class and they suggest something different from how I do it. And I mean, I can either just stand there and keep doing it how I normally do it, or I can try the way that they're doing it. Because if I'm just going to stand there and keep doing it the way I'm doing it, why would I even pay to go to the class to begin exactly. with? Exactly. Total waste of money and time. I mean, you would think. Uh, I used to be hard, hard, hard over on a couple of things that I have subsequently learned aren't that big of a deal. Uh, Ultimately, I've, I've, I've approached it from a, from a desired end state. And then if you can reduce the malfunction, wh whichever way, you know, tap inboard, outboard, I go, that, there's all kinds of internet drama on that. Uh, don't care, but can you get the gun back running in about a second or so? That's, that's the big thing, R reliably. Uh, so you have to be kind of end state driven. Uh, Application of Israeli uh, pressure dressing or a tourniquet. Well, there's only so much you can, you can, you know, left or right li limit on that because that will be a very end state driven uh, event. 
Has the bleeding stopped? Check. Moving on. Uh, but, but well, my instructor puts one rap low and one rap high, and then <laughs> we can go down way, you know, way deep in the weeds on that. Just get the thing up, 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 applied. Yeah. Get the wound covered up. Yeah, and just going back for a minute to specifically what you were saying before, Matt, about um, trying to get some buddies to actually go to Darcy. It just reminds me of when I am trying to recommend classes to people. And well, first of all, they're always more expensive than people think they are, which is overall, yeah, un yeah. understandable. Um, I was recommending one recently to somebody and they were, they said $500 is a lot of money for two days, which I understand, especially right now, $500 is a lot of money for two days. But the going back to the, the resume thing as well, the number one question that I get when I recommend classes to people is why should I go train with, you know, like why, why is this worth that amount of money or time? And it's, very difficult to explain that to somebody that is completely new because you understand why you know you <laughs> you just want to be like oh well of course this person knows what they're talking about they're they're in the know with you know and they've been doing it for so long they don't care the person that you're that you're talking to is they they don't care because the the person at the local range has also been doing it for 20 years That's right no they still have no idea what they're doing and they're a quarter of the price Oh, they're NRA instructors, though. They, yeah, they know it all. Exactly. But I I appreciate, John, that when you, you know, when you have somebody that seems like they're interested in, oh, I want to learn more about this. Once they're at the first class, you know, if, if you're the first class that they take and you can tell that they're interested, now they understand more what the purpose is, what, you know, now they understand why they're spending money and they like it. And now they're going to they're going to look for more, whether it be more from you or more from somebody else about one specific thing it's much easier i think once somebody kind of breaks the ice you know and i even know people personally where i kind of had to really twist their arm to go to the first class and then after that they went okay now i understand why i went and it, it was expensive but it was worth it i mean i've i've really seen people's performance in a bunch of different aspects skyrocket after they go to the first one i mean mentally yeah. and physically really differentiating between cost and value that's that's the key that people need to understand the, the value behind uh, and let's face it that 500 bucks for tuition oh uh 500 rounds well holy cow that's another 250 bucks or so oh look there's a range fee hotel gas hotel. food yeah. yep. uh, i had to i had to take time off from work yeah, that's that's always a big uh, one. These are all things, all part of the cost, uh, but the equation it has to be value for that cost. Yep. And oh, by the way, that day, that eight hours is something you can take with you the rest of your life. Yes. Uh, and, and that can that can actually maybe prolong that life or keep you out of prison for for, for the remainder of that life. Uh, well, not or, even that. And as cliche as it sounds, when people say you know five hundred dollars is a lot of money, well you're playing with your life, you know, one way or another. I mean, that's what everybody always says, but you know, I've seen people say, oh, $500 is a lot of money. And then a couple of days later, they're like, Hey man, I just bought another gun. Why'd you buy another gun? <laughs> Why'd you do that? You already have a gun, you know? So I, I see that. I see that a lot. So in the grand scheme of things, $500 is really a lot of money. If it either keeps you out of a casket or keeps you out of jail. No, probably not. 
But that gun really? is a tangible. That gun is a tangible. It's true. Tell you me about it. Your hands on that gun. You look at you with all your tangibles back there. That's right. Uh, and and uh, it, it, you've heard it before. It also becomes something of a talisman. Yeah, you've heard that exactly. Now. Oh, I, absolutely. I can wave this around and and solve my problem. Well, actually, there is a segment of the humanity which will be totally unimpressed with your pistol. I, I encountered one of those guys in Somalia. I pointed a brother at him with every ounce of vindictive anger I can I can muster, and he smiled at me, which was not a response I expected. Uh, Wait and, a minute, a pistol. Yeah, because I was under the uh, impression over in those uh, regions, a pistol meant you meant something. That in the, uh, in the Middle East, this guy, this guy did not care. Hmm. Uh, like a long, long story, but uh, I was with a couple of Australian guys, and we were driving the back of a, of a pickup truck. I saw a guy with an AK. I bashed in the top of the truck. Boom! We all stopped. It was like that. They bail out. I bail out. And uh, when small, small is an Italian protectorate. So I'm going down the wall of this uh, compound toward, toward the gate. And I'm on a sidewalk, and there's these big honking light posts. They're metal. And I, can, I flash back to reading Delta Force by Charlie Beckwith. Don't move away from the walls. So I move away from the wall. And I thought, well, the only cover I've got are these light posts. And I thought, why am I moving so slowly? It's taking fucking forever. And it was just a little, that Takasaki thing is a thing. And I got stacked up. I looked over the Australian guys, gave them the nod, and I rolled in with the Marine Corps, Marine Chin blaring in my head, drawing down on this guy. And uh, I you know, put the gun down, louder, put the gun down, and he just smiled at me. They swarmed him, uh, and we got his rifle from him. And uh, that was that moment in history for me. He was utterly unimpressed. Uh, with that and there's people in this in this country i watched uh, one of those er shows a kid was shot a fleeing felon by atlanta pd he's dying on the table so the doc's like okay we gotta crack crack open his chest they do the knife thing i'm eating the popcorn watching this they're gonna spread his ribs to massage his heart but his ribs were still wired together from the last time he had open heart massage so obviously lessons don't necessarily take uh, some lifestyles or he was just committed to it. And if you put putting a gun in your hand can be very de-escalatory, like, oh, I didn't I didn't plan on this, or it can be profoundly escalatory. It's it, you've I'll, I'll use the dueling banjos analogy again. Dun, 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 dun. You've just gone up another chord. And now is this guy gonna quit or is he gonna ma- match you? And if they as you're abundantly aware from your time as law enforcement officer. If they detect the slightest hesitation, they will try you. Yeah. This isn't their first trip to the rodeo. Absolutely. Okay, next question. Here we go. How do you generate interest for your courses or what aspect helps generate that interest? I don't do a very good job of that. Uh, I was fortunate last year. I had a uh, pretty good throughput. Uh, and just to, to bring everyone up to speed, I retired from the government in 2021 and moved into an RV. I've been driving all over the country, giving these classes. And I average maybe 20 students a month uh, in between three or four classes. So I'm not getting filthy, stinking rich doing this. 
Uh, I what, need to do a better job, I think, on the grams. Actually, do it for the gram kind of thing, but I have a hard time with that. I have a fairly uh, decent YouTube channel, which I update at least semi-annually, whether, whether it needs it or not. I need to do some stuff on that. Uh, and I've had some success in, in this format with the podcast. And uh, other friends, Greg Aleferitz of, Act, of uh, Accurate Spot Training, has, oh, yeah. he's a lovely, lovely man. Uh, I'll see him this coming week. Hmm. Um, I'll, actually, I'm hosting him in Northern Virginia this weekend. And weekend after that, I'll see him in Dallas at uh, Range Masters Tacon. Uh, I probably need to do a better job of uh, advertising in, th- in this regard. Uh, but I'm actually kind of content with 20 students a month because uh, I know I'm having a real profound impact at that. Uh, that's what, what, what drives people right now is primarily word of mouth. Of, okay, you need to go see this Murphy guy because he covers a lot of things, uh, as I would call them, the ancillary skill sets which can preclude a use of force uh, and get you home intact uh, rather than just burning down those BH or, or, or what, what have you. So it's, it's word of mouth for me right now is doing, doing most of the work. And so prior to you being in the RV moving around, weren't you just uh, centrally based in Northern Virginia? I, I, I have a range in, in, uh, in Culpeper, Virginia. Uh, the last few years, I done quite a bit of fly. I did some from fly, flyaway missions around the country to put my toe in the water and see how much how miserable that miserable that would be, which helped drive me into the RV solution, which has its own ups and downs, as you might imagine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was primarily uh, Virginia and the regional East Coast center, or Mid Atlantic region, and then uh, it was just this past year that I really busted up. From coast to coast, north to south. So, as of right now, what do you find to be more beneficial for you as a businessman and also to teach, being more mobile or having uh, just working through the range? Uh, for me, my RV provides the ability I can arrive on a range with target free and training aids that otherwise I couldn't have, and that is that is very very much a, a differentiation in the market. Uh, people talk to her a lot, but until you're charged with, with a maniac, while a maniac is screaming in your ear, you don't really understand how close seven yards can really be. Yeah. Uh, so there is that. Uh, I, I think this gives me a chance to, to definitely differentiate. Uh, I still do two or three fly, flying classes a year, but that generally is preceded by a, a significant logistical push to the range. Um, as, as the Russians are finding out, uh, amateurs talk tactics, professionals talk logistics. And every instructor has, has a, a program, a, a curriculum. Uh, but if you've got, you got to have the, the logistical wherewithal to back it up to drive home your points. And my RV really, really provides that for me. Yeah. I remember Pat had his Death Star. Oh, yes, he certainly did. Yeah. Nothing like an RV, though. Nope. Uh, Pat actually had a house and a lovely spouse. Yeah. And I, I have I sold my condo and never acquired the other uh, encumbrance there. Uh, and I have all my stuff as a result. Uh, and I gave it all up to become a, essentially, uh, it's like a Kung Fu and Kane. Uh, the yeah. joke is that one day Tom Devings called me to an office, his office and he said, snatch the round from my hand. Time now for you to go. And I've been 
on, on your way ever since. Nice. Yeah, I I feel like marketing yourself and advertising is really difficult for some people and then it comes to others naturally. To be honest with you, I hadn't even I had no idea who you were before today. Well, whatever day you messaged me, Matt. But I mean, I I'm looking at your website right now and you're going to be in Pennsylvania, which is where I live. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? And not a lot of people come to Pennsylvania. It's it's uh, rare. Uh, a couple. I think I'm in Pennsylvania twice this coming year. Uh, I've I got one in, in October. Yeah, oh, in and, June. Yeah, I, I think somewhere in there, Mount Gilead, no, that's Ohio. Uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a blur, man. You know the great thing about being retired, uh, uh, you can look forward to this. Some days you wake up, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> all, all I have to know is that, well, that I don't that, know what day it is either, and I still I still go to work. <laughs> there you go. I just need to be you know. Friday, arrive at the range on Friday, set up, uh, roll into it Saturday, Sunday, Monday is AAR and, uh, on the road again. Yeah. So, I mean, marketing is, is, is difficult though, because I, I think that some people just uh, uh, are very uh, easily and others don't. I, I that would be me. Yeah. <clears throat> how, how much, how active are you on Facebook? Because it seems like a lot of people, a lot of instructors have just turned to Facebook for a lot of advertisement at this point, whether it's I, whether I, it's I, just on their own page or if they just get involved in a lot of other people's pages and they just talk. I have a very active personal page and I might put up a, a, a business post once or twice a week. So if, uh, if I had to point to a problem in this, I've got, if we look in the mirror, stream in the face and uh, time apportionment. Uh, sitting here working on presentations is great. Uh, getting involved in worthless internet squabbles is is great, but ultimately it's not serving my 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 purpose. And I did get you know, uh, you know this is just turning into kind of a consciousness raising session, a fog vessel bit. Okay, all right, I'll do more. I'll do more. I promise. So as an instructor. What issues have you run into that you had not considered prior? Well, let's see. Uh, having been at it for 15 or 17 years or so, regionally and locally, uh, I have not, recently I've encountered the, uh, the, a couple of students that had to do things their own way even to their own, to their detriment. Uh, and that was something I had not put much, I mean, thought, I mean, if I demonstrate a particular procedure or a drill, or I, I call it an experience, I need you to mimic that because I'm, a, I, I'm assessing you for, for, for that particular application. And I had, last year I had two guys, both very strong, willing individuals that departed that, that, uh, that, that path and I asked them why. And they said, well, you, you, you didn't say not to. And I thought, well, sweet Jesus, let's go down the whole list here of things I didn't say not to do, shall we? So now I've got rule number eight in my briefings. I call it ride the pony as demonstrating. So I, I did not anticipate that. Uh, I knew that I would be, I'm trying to sell people what they need and not what they want. Yeah. And I knew that I was going to encounter some difficulty in that regard. 
uh, oh, uh, it's been validating to drive across the country and meet literally hundreds, if not thousands of everyday American people that are just magnificent human beings. It was such a, a, a I was living in a, such a bubble in the Beltway mm. for all those years. I, I, there's a whole country out there, man. There is. There I, is. I, I had no idea. I mean, get the hell out, man. It's true. It's true. So that was that was kind of a revelation. Uh, catching some really cool uh, museums. But as far as as an instructor, it's just I'm going to encounter a particular set, person that's just. I don't know why they're there, but they're in the class, and I have to do with them, do with them what do with them what I can. Yeah. Yeah, it just goes back to that thing I said before. Why why are you standing there if you're not willing to yeah. explore the concepts that you're being that you're that you're paying for? I mean, I you hired this guy for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, it's mind boggling. Uh, frequently, frequently, I would think that uh, it's a chance to validate what they already know. Or, or, I mean, I'll, I'll, I had one guy contact me. He wanted to take the class on empty chamber carry. Yes, yes, that look. Uh, yes, I, I mean, but we all know, we all know that's, that's a thing out there. Well, we I'm all like, know somebody who's like that. Yeah, we, well, we do. And I said, well, okay, but you're going to be hamstring, hamstringing yourself. And he was waiting for that response because it gave him a chance to blow up. And talk about how little I know and what, what, you know, you know, the classic catch all, well, the Israelis do it. And then here comes the Fairburn sites site, I should say. And they don't ha have any concept at all of the historical realities that took place that drove those decisions and how we may have learned a thing or two, you know, from, from, uh, from those days. Yeah. Uh, he ended up not taking the class. I'm, I'm quite, I was quite happy with that. Oh, darn. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that's 400 bucks. I'll gladly let go. Yeah. So what do you see as the biggest challenge you face in most classes? For me, uh, I've had a lot of people who have reviewed the course and uh, they have referred to it as a basic level class. And that, in turn, it, it has removed a segment of the market, you know, the training junkie. I, oh. I get very few of those. Uh, and that's fine, but uh, it is basic in, the, in that I'm introducing concepts that they have not seen before. That, all right, and that, but they're not quite, so it kind of circles back around to marketing. Uh, also, I've encountered, I have had some very basic people show up and uh, that we benefited from a class or two before mine, but I, I've deter determined that I had the capacity to scale at uh, the left side of the line, I'll be over here, the right side of the line, guys, I, and I, right, you guys are gonna work on this skill over here, yeah. moving over here, and I'm, I'm been fortunate, Every, everyone's been along the, on the program there. I'm very careful not to turn students into assistant instructors. Because that's not what they paid for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do a lot of teamwork, though. Uh, I'll, I'll divide people up into pairs because uh, I have a, a, a kind of neat decision-making process, uh, a, a color-based decision-making process. And I have to have, a, you know, everyone, it's, it's not rocket science uh, to, to, make, to make these things happen. So that's certainly a, one issue. But uh, just, I, I have developed the scale 
to get everyone, everyone moves along, everyone progresses. Uh, some arrive higher up, further up the path than others, but everyone moves up. Yeah, yeah. And that just makes sense, especially if you have a, a wide skill set among the entire class. Why not break it up? And especially if you know your content and you know how it's taught. Yeah, that makes sense. And steel will sharpen steel. Yeah. And if I have two two sharp sh work guys working together, two sharp shooters, as they were, uh, that, oh, that, that's back and forth. They're still getting my content, but they're they're able to move at a, a, fa a faster clip. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a class last year in Martinsville, Indiana. And this woman came to me from a Facebook group where she bought the Philistor Enigma and the class was recommended. And she showed up. And the like, holy cow, fortunately, she, you know, we've got her gear, gear together, got, got her going. And uh, by the end of day two, uh, she, the charging target I've got, she crushed it. And she's like, why didn't you start with this? And, you know, you start with this. Well, because I kind of had to get you to that point, okay? Yeah. Uh, I also had in the class another uh, uh, a fellow instructor uh, with his spouse. And it was like watching uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith from that movie work together. It was, it was great. So everyone, everyone moved ahead. I had, I had a great time in that venue. So how many different classes do you have currently? You have your, your flagship class that you talked about before, I'm, basically, I'm doing, which is street I'm encounter doing, skills. Yep. I'm doing street encounter skills and tactics about 38 times this year Okay, across the country. I, I've lost I'm, I'm trying to negotiate another venue right now in the Fayetteville area. Uh, I'm doing uh, a girl in a gun conference coming up. I'm doing a uh, TACCON. The other class I'm doing uh, in October in my range of Virginia, I'm doing a, my vehicle environment skills class. And uh, the only reason we shoot the car in that class is because if you don't shoot the car, no one shows up to the class. Oh. We, have to, we have to shoot the car up. Uh, my goal is not to, to prepare people for, uh, to become a personal security detachment around Irish circa 2008. It's uh, parking lot disputes, road rage, carjacking, and post-auto accident incidents. Those are my four scenarios. So I give people some skills for those four scenarios. Uh, exchanging information after, uh, after an accident. I got, Matt, I am, I am cursed with a form of foresight which I can see things coming, but never with enough time to do anything other than watch watch it. I got rear-ended last year in Colorado Springs. My, my RV took a hit. Uh, I'm in the right lane, and the GPS said, you know, right turn in 1.4 miles. I'll, I'll probably stay in the lane. Well, it was a bus stop lane. And I thought, oh, the traffic is going to stop really soon. Sure enough, I stopped. Bam, I got hit. Pulled over. We're dealing with that. She was very contrite. I got that. Everything was fine. And then her boyfriend showed up and, and he was looking at me for the slightest excuse to defend her honor. I don't know what his agenda was. Uh, I just went in, the, in my RV, got a Gator Eagle here, man. There's nothing we can do. It, it, it what it is. But uh, when people show up after an event like that, uh, it can like to, to egg things on. Uh, anyway, that's that's my the, my vehicle environment skills class. And yes, we'll shoot the car because you got to shoot the car. Uh, I have people working with me and for me back on my range, uh, running 
I have my, my minion, Gary, is teaching me arm, my armed self-defense class. It's like an intro to concealed carry. And Tim Chandler is uh, teaching a shotgun curriculum. And uh, that, that, that is a talent of which I'm sure you are aware. And uh, he is poised to become a, severe, a major force in this industry. He's good people. Truly, truly. And I guess I, guess. I can say nice things about Chad Mercer, too. But Oh, oh not the Chad Mercer. My, my story, and, and yeah, uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to Chad in forever from uh, back back there, and uh, that's pretty much all. I'm 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 concentrating on street and counter skills and tactics because that's where I perceive to be the void. Absolutely, yeah. That's the class that people say that people have said is an entry level class. Yeah. What, what are it, they it, talking about specifically? The shooting portion of it? I, I, I the... think so because I don't shoot any further than seven yards away. Okay. Uh, uh, because the vast majority of our problems are seven yards. Right. Uh, I do a lot of things. I, I work people, I time people off of visual cues, not audible cues. Uh, I will time how quickly they can stop shooting, hmm. which, is a, which, is a, which is a very useful metric to have. Uh, I, uh, about maybe uh, 15% of my draw strokes in my class are to a ready position with a verbal command. Because if, if we shoot every time we come out of the holster, well, then we're setting ourselves up for a pretty bad, bad scenario. Yep. Uh, I, I introduced people to the concepts of time and timing. Uh, and then I, I assemble these skills, and then we do uh, essentially battle drill rehearsals. And I drill people on de verbal deflection and departure. I drill them on, okay, this is the time for pepper spray. Uh, I make sure they understand how close is close uh, and how, how far close really can be. So I introduced a proximic perspective to this. Rather than sit there and, 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 and shoot those A zones all day yeah. long, which is great, I, I put it all in context. And uh, apparently that there's a lost in translation is a basic understanding of context and a basic class. Yeah. So so few people show up with a concept of what this really looks like, and that's what I'm trying to drive home. Uh, it, sounds, it sounds like it's so useful. And yeah, for, it's, yeah, it's strange to me that. Same. I mean, have you seen? Have you seen actual, or have you uh, experienced actual? evidence before where people have basically told you, well, I was going to sign up, but then somebody told me it's just a beginner level course and I'm not really uh, interested Absolutely. In I've, I've had, yeah. well, I, I had because... a schedule, I had a schedule conflict. Uh, it was, uh, I got a chance to take my class or one of the big, big, like mega grandmaster names that you would know. So we backed out of my class and went, to, you know, and burned it down, you know, 1500 rounds over the course of a weekend, which I'm sure he got a lot out of that. But if his ultimate goal was to, to get home, I, I might I might say he might have done better with me. I might possibly say it. I don't know. Um, and, yeah, and by it's... all means, go back and take those skill specific classes. Uh, I teach tourniquets and pressure dressings. And at the end of that at the end of that block, well, holy cow, go see Caleb Causey, go see Karen Davis, go see any number of people in that burgeoning market right now to get more trauma training. Yeah, I uh, I work some pepper spray into it. You want more? Go see Chuck Hagan. 
uh, you want to grapple in a, in a weapons-based environment? Well, there's there's a very sharp pyramid there I would send you to. You want more law of self-defense? Take Masada Yug's at least Mag 20 or Andrew Bronca's work. Uh, there, there is a whole spectrum of skills that people don't appreciate because we focus on the gun yeah. because it's a pride thing. Uh, there, it, it is a hard skill that I can put a metric to. And I get bragging rights. And, oh, look, I've got an award. Uh, when, in fact, from a, from a match. Uh, but there, there is no uh, – and this week, our best parking spot deconfliction award goes to – there's there, you know there's no there's no uh yeah. dopamine hit from that there's merely not having a problem and i'm okay with it right now i'm like diogenes with the lamp shining the light i had one student last year his, his comment what his son took the class previously and, and made his old man go and he said it, i was walking uh through a warehouse with a pen light before he had no idea how how uh, the, the the vistas that were before him? There you go. Get that mod like What's your brand right now? Uh, I have both. As a matter of fact, right in front of me, mod light and cloud, and they're both really good. Well, we've come so long from uh, the day of the you know the bone bone crushing eye burning sixty lumen. Yeah. And uh, I can remember when getting that first shirt, the six like oh my god this, this it's is amazing. amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, though. I, I literally was just in a conversation with somebody today on Facebook about um, shooting classes versus not shooting classes. And uh, I, I will always think I, I will always uh, want to take more shooting classes just because my shooting can always be better, pretty much no matter what my level is. Uh, but I think that it was misconstrued as me saying that's the only thing that matters, which I pretty much never thought. But I think that a lot of people these days like taking shooting classes because you said it's a metric that can be measured, but it's also way more impressive when you're mm -hmm. shooting with other people uh -huh. and you're the best shooter there. I mean, who cares if you can put a tourniquet on properly or who cares if you can talk your way out of a situation? Nobody, nobody cares about that. You know what I mean? So it's I, not I sexy. Yeah, it's. I think that's a big part of why everybody just wants yeah. to take gun gun classes all the time, shooting only. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. I was just going to quickly say, uh, next Tuesday I'm teaching. I have uh, the day to teach firearms for my police department, and I have some drills I have set up. And after everyone goes through these drills, I'm going to ask them, okay, what can we do to improve these drills and make them more enjoyable for you? And I know the answers are going to be two handed shooting and closer. And I'm going to say, yeah, okay, easier. we're so removing those better. for the rest of the day because we don't want to focus on the easy stuff. We're going to focus on weekend at a further distance now. And I know at least one of my coworkers will be listening to this and he'll, he'll know what's coming now, but that's okay. <laughs> He's going to say he doesn't want to do any more weekend shooting. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's just too easy. You know, what's hard is that uh, three yards shooting. It's pretty difficult. Yeah. That's Mark for you. Well, it, it, it can be, particularly after you've already been shot. Yeah. I just witnessed a video I saw tonight. It was a Oklahoma City PD, I think. Very close contact. Hey, I need to talk to you. Come here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pat you down. And during the pat down, the kid produces a gun and shot the officer. 
first he tried to brain him, then he, and then, then he went to guns, blah, 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 blah. And then it, it showed how quickly he transitioned. Uh, the guy, the, the little turd stole the, the patrol car and drove off with it a little bit. Hmm. Uh, the, the police officer, you know, made up, made his call, fired his shots, threw a tourniquet on, and then uh, it cut, cut to his badge can when his colleagues showed up. He's dove in the car. They drove off to the hospital. That's something that that would not have happened not too not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of well, I would gather from that from 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 my class. It's violent. It's close quarters, and there's going to be bleeding at the end of it. Yeah. And and then you're going to be you're going to be asked for a statement. It's real. It, it, it's very. It's got to be focused to that. Um, I mean, I, I'm witnessing what's happening out there, and some of the great uh, instructors uh, from the special ops community, uh, Jedi. I mean, there is a guy who has built the pyramid upon which he stands astride. I watched him for years on on YouTube doing his doing his thing, doing his thing. Yeah. Well, now the thing is a thing. Yes, it and is. He's doing, he's doing magnificent work with it. Uh, so many other people out there doing it. So I. I I just got to be about the context for the average citizen, uh, what to do to prepare for the actual event, and then the the the, the pre-event, the event, and then the post-event, and uh, and never stop learning. Yeah, and because lumping yeah. all of that together into one class, I think, is very important because when you focus on all of it separately, I mean, you you probably get to go more in depth. You know, if you take a medical class, you're going to go more in depth on a on a one or two day medical class than you will in your class but when you have to do you know i don't know exactly what your the layout is for your class but if you make people do all of that back to back it completely changes i i how, like how it. easy it is to do all of it it's I, it's not like i like it to a compound lift right yeah, yeah. cuz there, there's a lot of muscles going and there's a lot of skills various things that have to take place uh, and you have to have that the mental capacity to, to recognize, okay, uh, years ago I heard it win, W-I-N, what's important now? And you have to you just roll through with hard, hard and soft skills, roll through that temporal moment until you hit a terminal point, and then you branch off into something else, the post-incident thing. Uh, I've got a presentation I'm doing at uh, TACCON in a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm calling it the skill acquisition paradigm. And uh, I have essentially bingo cards uh, with soft and hard skills. And you know, I, I should probably get some glasses like I-62, you know, uh, read a room. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably do a video series on, on based upon my bingo cards of things, things to do beyond the hard skills of just running the gun. Load, unload, reload, manipulate, uh, and reduce malfunctions. Casilla pistol, things, that, and then those are the hard skills. But uh, you know, understand the the relationship between time, distance, and speed. Yes, that that is a, that is something that people need to come to grips with way quicker, uh, because if you have an encroachment problem, and it could be a variety, it could be a, a surprise encroachment ambush. It could be a negotiated encroachment. Hey, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm a little bit lost. Can you help me out? Or it could be just a flaming direct assault encroachment. Each one of them, you have to recognize them because it's going to drive a different response. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's awesome. 
And, and, and everything that you're talking about right now, that's for the last week or so has been spinning in my head. Just thinking about all these concepts, I'm putting together my own curriculum based just on last, everything that I've last week or so. Well, no, it's in uh, my head all day long. It's, no, it's, it's, it's being solidified now. And now I have a course and all this stuff, but yeah, it's things that not enough people discuss. And these are everyday facts. Well, the usual, the, 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 the decision, decision path would be, okay, oh my God, I need to get a gun. And then and, and well, it just ends there. How often does. do you hear that? Somebody buys the gun and then they go, all right, how do I shoot this better? Uh, and they, they don't care about, okay, when uh, should I shoot this? Uh, uh, what, what happens afterwards? Right, uh, what I, happens after I shoot? I ha- they, they, the gun goes into a sock drawer somewhere. I have a graphic now. It's a milk carton with a Glock on it. And have you seen me? Because they just they just disappear. Uh, and, and it's getting people to recognize the magnitude of the decision. I mean, they feel good about the gun. I've got my gun now. But uh, if they knew the, what the dragons were waiting for them, they might feel a little bit less uh, content with just that bit of knowledge. Again, it's it's it's, it's an issue of uh, of of uh, filling the void. Of uh, and I'll use Secretary Rumsfeld's. You know, known knowns, unknown knowns, and known unknowns kind of thing. And people just don't know what they don't know. Yep. I, I have a gun. Well, what you have is a, is a holster full of, of consequences. And it's, it's not just uh, getting the information for other things, but it's also filtering the information out. Because, I mean, how many times do you, do you talk to somebody that got a new gun or something like that and then you you tell them this or that oh well did you you know are you gonna do such and such are you gonna get carry insurance oh well my uncle said that doesn't matter because if i shoot somebody in self-defense i'll be good to go good to go for what i mean (laughs) in what aspect of life will you be good to go in in court financially what and that's a person who have never have heard the term logaria before or spontaneous utterance before and that's a person that will just flap their jibs above and beyond when they should have, or or inappropriately, uh, maybe talk themselves into a problem. Uh, because well, I have a gun. That means well, I'm kind of the man now. Well, actually, no. You operate under the umbrella of the law. You do not enforce the law. And I've encountered some people that have got kind of got that uh, that that mixed up. Next question. I'm ready. If you could go back and do it all over again, what would you do differently? As far as instruction. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Because there's prom night. And, uh, would have been Air Force. Yeah. No, no. It, it probably would. It probably would have been Special Forces 18. Uh, uh, a weapon sergeant <laughs> on an A team somewhere. Uh, as an instructor, you know, I can't. Uh, I asked this question of a, of a very notable instructor last year, and he thought about it really hard. He had a, he had a very a well-known school, which he'd recently sold, uh, and he said, no, pretty much nothing. Uh, oh, I know what I would have done. I would have done this. I would have done this sooner. So to teach or to be on the road? Uh, both. Oh, I'd have been out sooner. Uh, I would have saved more aggressively. I would have done a lot better job of, of uh, developing a, 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 a curriculum, and I'd have been out sooner. Uh, 
I, as it was, I left two years, you know, ahead of time, two years. But, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 60 here in May. And Craig Douglas cracked a joke like, I'm, I'm among the best of the next generation. And uh, I'm watching John Farnham still crushing it at like 74, 75. So I'm like, I, I can hang. I, he's my canary in the coal mine. Uh, Moss, uh, Tom Gibbons is, uh, is still putting put on it. Every time I think I know what the hell I'm doing, I will assist Tom in a class. And I'll realize what kind of a lightweight mm. I am. So last year, Haggard and Bulky, I think there was a third, all came out to Utah to, to teach at my summit. And they all had to take off early because they were taking a course from a former SWAT guy. Uh-huh, Larry Mudgett. Yes, yes. And, and that and, guy's still teaching on occasion too. Uh, and uh, he is superhuman. That's what I hear. And, and he's still, and he, and, uh, he had them. By, by, by maybe at least by the least margin by a decade at least in the least margin and he he was crushing dudes 20 25 years younger yep than, and he's local me. for me pseudo local so, same state uh i'm, I'm gonna be where, where are you in relationship to logan utah uh, logan are you um, gonna be in logan i'm gonna be in logan again when uh, don't don't ask me. Look at my calendar. Like right now, I can't pull it on my. Okay. Because um, if it's. Uh, yeah, I was there last year. It was an amazing uh, the, the range there. Yeah. The oh my god, what a great range! Yeah, that's where I have my uh, training summit. Well, we should all break out with a. Uh, it's a small world after all, right now, shouldn't we? Yeah, or, yeah. It's just such a small world over here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you, that's the I case. looked at your class in Pennsylvania. It's still almost six hours away from me. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> you know, I, I had, dang it. All right. I had two, one in Slippery Rock and then one on the, uh, other, on the other end. And yeah, uh, the one all the way west is, um, are, are they both the same class? No, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look at my darn schedule. Hang on. I, I, I no, hate I'll have to, to check it. The one, the one in October is the, um, the one that's all the way. The one that's all the way west, which I'll I will most likely just end up signing up for anyway. Um, well, yeah, you I'm, know, come on now. There it is, August sixth, seventh. I am signing up. As a matter of fact, well, so I, I I had a deal with my agency. If any of my friends are coming to teach uh, here locally, I'll cover I cover a couple people's uh, tuition. Because well, let, let's let's circle around off camera on that because uh, okay. Now, the guy that's sponsoring that class is a retired chief of police for Bakersfield, California. Yes, I know him. I had to do his Lovely fingerprints man. for, yeah. Lovely man. Uh, and he talked about, uh, some months ago, Lef Greg Lefferts posted a story from Andy Stanford, he started a story, about Bakersfield PD back in the day and how they couldn't shoot straight, but one sergeant said, I can fix it. And the chief said, okay, We'll fit. I'll, I'll do, do do it. Do your thing, and uh, then the running joke became, "Oh, you're from Bakersfield. Our bank robbers go there to get killed. That department can shoot." But then it just shows people come, people go. Priorities shift, yeah. and, and inertia sets back sets back in. I remember, uh, if I recall correctly, his company has something with a bird. 
an oh, eagle or a falcon or I, I, i'd have to look it's, it's so sad yeah. you, know, you know i can't uh, this whole aging process plus i'm, I'm under i'm under scotch right now so well i don't know what i had for breakfast so that is awesome that you're going to be in town i will be there and i'll, be, lovely, I'll bring lovely friends cow, holy, holy cow the ice cream at the university yep yep the ice, oh gee, that's only that's the only reason why i'm coming back man it was that's amazing. right Aggie ice cream. Well, what else is there in Utah that you really want to go That's see? That's all. Uh, Bear Lake ice cream. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good, 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 some good views there. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I. So when we did the training summit for the last couple of years, we canceled this year. But um, what I was urging the instructors: if you have time, go drive to Bear Lake and back. The drive alone is just absolutely beautiful, and it's one of my favorite drives. When I was there last year, there were forest fires in California and Canada, and it was just kind of a smoky, miserable yep. haze. Yep, and it, all, it definitely affected us. Man, I'm I'm excited about that because I was just thinking I don't have any, I can't think of any shooting classes that I had scheduled. I I'm working on getting uh, resting out here in May, but other than that, I don't have any. I, I, I'm I will be signing up. But I don't know. This is a basic class. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and when I've had p- police officers take the class, it's very validating. Oh, I can imagine. The, 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 uh, the verbal interplay I'll have going on for the decision. It's about decisions, ultimately. Yeah. Decisions and con- skills, decisions and consequences. Yeah. And th- that, that is a vicious circle. And that one coworker who's going to be listening, Mark, you got You got a free pass. It's on me. I'm, I'm just excited about that now. Uh, let's see here. Questions, questions. Okay. Uh, what insurance considerations have you had to make as far as being an instructor? Uh, I started out with the usual uh, NRA stuff, and they were not as responsive as I, I needed. So I found another professional organization. Uh, that officers uh, FTA, if I can, if I, all right, Firearms Training Association, just uh, if, if I need, if I encounter a range that needs additional coverage or I, I need a proof of cert- cert- certification right away, I send an email and usually within the hour, yeah, I've got the PDF. Also associated then, with CCW safe. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, after, after every class, I send uh, a, uh, all my students get a checklist of here are the companies in that market. Here's what they offer. Mm. And then caveat mTOR. Take a hard look at what you're buying uh, and pay, pay attention to what they will or will not cover. Uh, some, some of those companies will subrogate and, and, and let link up. Others, they would probably fight each other over who is going to cover what. So it, it be, it, it's another thing you have to be informed about because people will take your money and yeah. you're abundantly aware, and then it's like, oh well, maybe not so much. You know, good luck with that. Oh, oh, you use one of those, we don't cover that sort of yep. thing. Yep. Now, do you pretty much stay with the same? Have you stayed with the same company, more or less, I, or do I, you tend to shop around every couple of years? Or, uh, for as far as uh, I, I will be a member of FTA as long as I'm breathing and they exist. I am that satisfied with what they've done there. Uh, as far as concealed carry or, you know, a, a prepaid legal pro- plan, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Uh, I've got, uh, I've got two. 
Uh, USCCA was pretty much the first on the marketplace with that sort of thing. And I've, I've kept them because they've recently upped their game because they had some problems. And I've also got the Armed Citizens Leading Defense Network, which is the uh, Farms Academy of Seattle, Marty Hayes, and Gila, and that gives me, you know, Moss and Tom Givens and John Farnham kind of a level of, uh, uh, of, of expertise. I would say to people that uh, if they think that their, their uncle, the patent attorney, is who they would go to after a use of force incident, uh, they're setting themselves up for disaster. Yeah. I want, I want a barracuda. I want somebody who gets guilty people off all the time because I'm going to be innocent. And uh, I want someone who, who, can, who is just a knows where all the skeletons are buried in the, in the prosecutor's office and they can, can pull, you know, pull a, pull a dirk or a broadsword and either, either one and, 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 and cut judiciously. That's what I, I, I want. To, I want a barracuda. Let's see here. What is your advice to future instructors? Embrace your passion. Mm-hmm. Let it let it guide you. Let it guide you. But you better have some uh, mentors or monitors. Like hey, like whoa, dude, whoa, 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 whoa. That's just a touch crazy. Maybe maybe uh, back off that curriculum because the the hunt for differentiation and doing it for the grams can be profoundly dangerous. Uh, there was an incident in, in Pennsylvania three years ago, four years ago. It was, well, ended very poorly. Uh, and I, I, so doing it for the grams can be very bad. Uh, don't overcommit. Keep your day job. I mean, right, right now, check, check, watch, watch my trick. I have a trick. <sighs> Pay me. I'm getting, I'm getting that pension. So that, that really takes, takes that onus off from me. Uh, but, but let, let your, let your passion guide you, uh, have, get some good steers and let it take you where it will. And you will not be disappointed in the journey. You will not be disappointed. That's awesome. It was a little more uplifting than, uh, Steve, when he answered Don't do the it. question, don't do it. <laughs> Steve Fisher. Well, that, that, that perpetually was, negative. I, uh, I mean, oh, oh, you know, uh, what was that? Uh, when Eeyore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There you go. oh well. Yeah. After meeting him in person, I feel like that's even more accurate too. Actually. Well, Steve, Steve. I don't that, think he listens to these, so he won't hear me say that. Yeah, he, he knows. He has a perspective. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's it's just different. That's all. But and you you've got to you've got to embrace that difference. Uh, you just well, zipping a union, sunshine and 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 you know rainbows. Well, there's there's a reality to it. What's one thing that's that you've changed your mind about in the last five years regarding teaching firearms, anything like that? Earlier on, I was reluctant to put newer shooters on a timer hmm. uh, to avoid to avoid the, uh, the 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 crushing, the soul crushing. 
But ultimately, I came to realize that uh, used appropriately with a metric, it is a fine way to uh, to chisel away inefficiencies. Yeah. Uh, and, and and enforce a standard. So now that even in my uh, my the class that my assistant Gary is teaching, there's a pardon me, a timed element involved in it. Uh, what else? Uh, that, that was the big thing. The big thing. Uh, I, I made the, the changes between guns along with everyone else, realizing I started out with a hand-built 1911 uh, from uh, Jim Garthwaite, passed away a couple of years, a year and a half or so ago now. I mean, I can perform a circumcision with that gun. But then, then I one day I pulled out every receipt I had associated with that pistol and realized, like, holy cow, that was a lot of money just to launch a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lovely pistol, though. And, and if you want to aspire to, to own a piece of art like that, by all means. Uh, and, and then the, the gear, the box of the box of shame. Everyone has one of those. Uh, I've I've real I've come to realize that the big thing is the mind. That I mean, the Steinbeck quote. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, the mind is the ultimate weapon. Everything else is supp supplemental. Yeah. Uh, he might have had a, he was hard at it toward the end of his life. And uh, I think that was, it, it, that's, it's, he's frequently quoted as well he should be. Yeah. And just like what you said before, the training is going to always be with you, not necessarily under the, any of this. Yep. Exactly. Right now, I'm going through a, a pretty solid Glock 48 phase hmm. of my life. Uh, not huge hands. I get a lot, you know, good trigger engagement, a lot of grip going on there. Uh, and that's what they, it, it just, cause it, it's, it's the gun that was working for me best right now. Great choice. And, you know, even that having the training with you all the time versus not having a gun with you all the time, it seems like what you are teaching specifically can still have a, a big impact on the outcome of a situation, even if you don't have a gun with you. Whereas a lot of other classes that you take that are just shooting centric only, yeah. you, they're really not going to do anything if you don't have your gun with you. Uh, a less lethal tool, tool pepper spray. That's you know some people in a very non-permissive environment. Uh, that's all they can they can have. Uh, and by all means, take a striking class. Uh, a boy needs to get needs to get punched, and that might be might, might be enough. Uh, and, and then I know that everyone and the, and the brother, except I'm probably the last holdout, is spending 25 hours a week in a BJJ gym right now. So you know, you know, practicing murder yoga on each other. Uh, there's a, there's a lot to be said for having that capacity, that wherewithal, that level of confidence. That you know, I can in fact take care of myself. Years ago, I took a class from, from Kelly McCann. It was a week-long course. It was 2003, which is, holy cow, some, some time ago now. Uh, and those lessons, he's had a profound impact, and his principles have stayed with me. His principles have, principles have remained the same. His techniques have changed a bit. And he, he remained, has remained principle-based. I, I commend his training highly to anyone that can get to one of his classes. Cool. So actually, what you just said kind of works with the next question. How do you recommend people vet their instructors? 
how, what what criteria do I have to, to refer people? Is that what the question is? So basically, uh, say you're you're talking to a group of people that are looking to go for they're looking to go to training. Right. How would you suggest to them to figure out how to vet the instructor sure. or how to choose the look, instructor? Look for people who understand the problem. Uh, if you are a match shooter and want to get better at that, well, off you go. Definitely. With, with some overlap into my world, you go see Jay White, Tim Heron, and probably Riley Bowman. Bam, bam, bam. Off you go. And get, get that down. Uh, if you have a, a law enforcement vet, uh, vet uh, vigor training, and God, I hate when my, my, my name just names just escaped me at any given moment. Lovely man, great a movement, working in around a car as a law enforcement guy, great for that. Uh, it's hard to get a class with him now. Dave Spalding understands the problem in a big way. Uh, and I'll, I'll, right up front, if you work your way through the Range Master curriculum, from combative pistol, intensive pistol, and the instructor curriculum, you will understand the problem. Because Tom preaches the, the, the exact gospel that, that will take it, keep it straight. Uh, I got my friends, Lee Weems, first person safety, uh, and John Hearn. And both, uh, they're on my podcast. Uh, Weems is on almost weekly now when we're just talking about cop stuff. What a well, there fountain, you go. Both of them, fountains of knowledge. Fountains, fountains. Well, uh, Hearn is certainly a fountain of something. There, I had to throw a little jab off. Everyone uh, seems to. Lovely, lovely man. Lovely man. Uh, and my other friends, uh, Tiffany Johnson and, and Akil Kader on Citizens Defense, uh, Citizens Safety, Safety Academy. Uh, their instruction on how to be a good assistant instructor is, is awesome. And, and they, they market to the people, our entry-level people. They're doing the, the heavy lifting, I think, the very heavy lifting. Uh, who else? Uh, Citizens Defense Research, uh, John Johnston, Melody Lauer, mm -hmm. and Chris Seifert, their, their course on armed parent and guardian, that is a whole nother niche that yeah. people don't consider. I, I, I recommend them highly. I, I, I mean, I could, I could just, I'm almost afraid to go down this path because there's always somebody I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss. Yeah. Yeah, like to thank uh, the academy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and then the hook, I'm off, off the yeah, stage. I forgot to thank mom. Th this is a golden era Yeah, for both instructors and students. Define what your mission is going to be and then seek instruction along that will facilitate that mission. Pat, Pat would always say the mission drives the gear train. Yep. Well, it also drives the, the training and education train. And, uh, and you have to be very judicious in that regard as well. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to decide what classes you should take can be just as painful as trying to figure out what gun to buy. I mean, depending on how much thought you put into what gun you buy as well. But, you know, like we talked about before, they're just as expensive and, you know, people get into guns and there's 47 different ones that they want. And then when you eventually start going to classes, you realize there's 47 different classes that you want to go to as well. So, Oh yeah. Ultimately for the gun decision, for me, it comes down to, uh, fit, uh, reliability, fit my hand, physical wherewithal to run the gun and sufficient accuracy. Other than that, uh, the reliability part, I needed a tool which will allow me to project my will 
from that muzzle. Because that's what I'm actually sending. I am projecting my will to survive that circumstance. And uh, there, there, are, there are, again, it's a golden era. There are some awesome manufacturers out there right now. The market has really moved. There, I mean, 8 million new gun owners. Uh, and the market has moved to, to, to cover them. Now, some of them have, have made some pretty profoundly poor, poor choices. Uh, I, I had a, a grandmotherly type in my class some years ago with a Sig Sauer P226. Hmm. Uh, she did not have the trigger reach. To, she or the wherewithal to work a double action trigger. And I, I asked her where she got it. It was a big box store. And I've got no doubt at that morning at that big box store, the manager said, hey, we're over on 226s, push 226s. And we have to recognize that element of the industry is, is out there. Uh, I will raise my hand and lower my head in shame. I had a, uh, a woman, I, I opened up an indoor range part of it in Oceanside, California in 1995. And I had a, a grandmother show up and I'm like, well, you need a revolver. And I, she couldn't. And I thought, wait, what's wrong? What, I, have, I have been led down the primrose. I, mean, I gave her a Glock 19, ding, 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 ding. So we, I had to learn that lesson. I, I will admit, I was, I was that guy at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're still out there. But by and large, it's a golden era. Uh, I wish ammunition availability would, would, would increase and price would go down. But that, yep. that ship may have sailed for, for some time. Uh, I mean, right now, I think 30, 30 cents around is not too bad for nine millimeter. Yeah, you know that question that you asked before, Matt. If you could go back and do one yeah. thing differently, what? Well, yeah, oh, for me, it would be up. buy way more ammunition four uh, years ago. Oh, 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 well, think about it. We saw this thing coming, and I should have just bought like a warehouse of nine. I, I actually did, did the math on it, and I won't relate it right here, but it was pretty depressing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, that, you know. <laughs> And that, that, that arrow is flown. The ship is over the horizon. Yep. Yep. I would have sold my fridge to buy more nine millimeter at that point, just to stop. Full of meat. A yeah. fridge yeah, full yeah, of yeah. meat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What do you personally look for in an instructor if you're going to take a class? Integrity and contextual understanding. Uh, you, you can have. You can be a great human being and not understand the problem or what, what, what I needed. Or you can be a, a really know the deal, but be an actual a, absolute dirtball at the other end of it. And you're looking to skim me out of my money or, or get some cool video to further your marketing scheme. So th that, those are the two things because that, that all revolves around a student focus. And I'll, it's a joke. It's, it's all about me, man. Yep. This whole this whole universe revolves around me. It's all about me. Well, in that particular moment, when we're talking about the investment I'm going to make in my ass, it, it is in fact about me. Yeah. Or or my and, and my inner my inner circle. Yeah. In your opinion, are there any certifications, qualifications, or skills that an instructor should possess?
Well, the skill, of course, is to be able to re relate to human beings and, and instruct along a, 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 a relevant curriculum. The certifications, uh, there is now a plethora of instructor pr programs on the market. Uh, I, I can speak from experience that the range master instructor, uh, all the way through master instructor, is worth it. If you work, if you are talking with a master instructor from range master, that person can shoot and teach. Noted. Uh, I understand Mike Sieglander has a, an instructor instructor program. I had to look into that myself. Uh, Jeff Gonzalez is out there, but definitely seek instructor certifications, not for the sake of making your I love me wall to, to full, but to, to hone your skills. Uh, you, you've got to go beyond the basics. Uh, I don't know how many people have taken the NRA basic pistol cl class. I taught a class some years ago for college kids, and there was a couple there, and uh, she made the point, yeah, we're instructors. We, we took the NRA class last weekend. They had not shot a gun before that class but they had they had vaulted that hurdle, and things have changed a bit now. I think, but definitely uh, don't just be a bad you know, a, a cert seeker. You're, you're trying to build a curriculum, uh, identify people who know what you need to be able to teach, and then tap them for all they're worth. In fact, no. a, a, a big segment of my of my student body this, this past year have been other local instructors that are coming to me. And I, I find that very validating. Mm -hmm. To me, that was the, the strangest thing. I went through uh, Utah Post firearms instructor, pistol, shotgun, and rifle in 04. And to me, the strangest thing about it was you, you get churned out through this pro process. And now all of a sudden, magically, you're an instructor. But nothing's changed. You don't have any better insights. You don't have any anything. You might know how to present something or have a better idea of something, but you just have a certificate. It doesn't actually turn you into an instructor. It just gives you a check. You just check the box. Well, and, and then and how many times have you heard? Well, that's the way we've always done it. Here. Constantly. And, and then it becomes institutional inbreeding. Yep. Uh, and that can have severe consequences. Uh, I, I mean, we can draw too many lessons from, from the uh, Miami shootout with the FBI. But uh, for the longest time, that they were, they were there to play cops and robbers. They had no idea what to do with people that were, were able to do fire and movement on them. That was outside their wheelhouse. Uh, and we can't forget, uh, for, for years, they spent in that FBI crouch doing that thing because, well, Joey Bryce could do that thing. Yeah. And he was not a human, though. Exactly. <laughs> my point. Uh, so that, that can become an institutional inertia. Yeah. Uh, we made a lot of progress, I think, over the global war on, on unpleasantness. <laughs> uh, and I have to wonder how much that in declining budgets is just going to go back on the wayside. And uh, the experts will become, well, it, it will, we'll find out. Time, time will tell. It always does. Yeah, I, I think it's always interesting when people answer this question, because as far as the qualifications go, the certification wise, I think we've pretty much heard every answer under the sun at this point already. Some people don't care at all. Some people think they're yeah. a total waste of time. Some people think they're yeah. really important. But every single person says in one form or another <clears throat> at some point, 
during the interview, every single person obviously says you need to know the curriculum that you're teaching. You need to have actual educated opinion and information about what you're teaching, which is, I mean, really easily overlooked by the instructors that I mentioned before that are a quarter of the price or whatever. And I mean, it's not just a price thing. It's just that, you know, some people get that NRA certification and they go, all right, I'm good to go now. That's it, that's it. And they don't know anything. Uh, end of the path. Look at me. I am, I am the expert in any room I walk into. And uh, well, the market, the market will out. I think eventually people will understand, you know, cost and value. Cost no, and I value. don't think people are ever going to understand that. All right. I was hopeful. Aren't you you, you, you could be hopeful, Evan. but I, people will never me. understand that. You, you got me. I probably just name it. <laughs> You can, you can keep you can keep the faith if you want. I want to believe, I'm, man. I want to believe. You can. You can go ahead. Okay. Is there anything you feel is pertinent that we neglected to cover? This has been a pretty good podcast. I uh, yeah, it's uh, it's okay. No, 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 <laughs> the place to find me it's uh, fpftraining.com, the website. Uh, you can click click on a link uh, FPF around the country. There's a map. We're all my little icons where I'm going to be. Uh, YouTube, uh, you would find, I have a couple of playlists there. Uh, there's a 10 video playlist called Street and Counter Skills and Tactics. It's there for the whole the whole crew to, to, world to see. Uh, and that's, that's the mandatory view ahead before the class. On my Instagram as well, like once every six months, whether I need to or not. Uh, Facebook also, it's all FPF training. Uh, so that's how you would find me. And uh, I guess if I can offer advice to people just from the tyranny of time, uh, the big thing you work on is your head. Uh, and, and just recognize what you're looking at when you see it and take decisive action. Maybe two or three times a week, go to YouTube, watch active self-protection videos. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of dry fire goes a long way. Uh, consider acquiring uh, tourniquet pressure dressing and training. I have a friend, of mine, as an aside, a friend of mine, her daughter-in-law was involved in an accident where she lost essentially two and a half limbs. Three people came upon the scene, each had one tourniquet. Hmm. Now, that is something that would not have happened in this country as recently as you know, a few years ago. So maybe if you're going to acquire a hard skill, uh, and you've had 15 shooting classes this, this year alone, maybe get a trauma class on your belt. Uh, maybe join Toastmasters. Uh, but yeah, it's that work-life balance. And everyone will, is a master of their own fate, the captain of their soul. Uh, or captain of their soul, master of their fate, whichever it was. The quote there, I just, I just boogered up. Uh, nope, uh, I'm just a guy doing the thing, uh, looking driving around his, his coachman cross-track named Maslow. And I hope to see you on the range. Awesome. Evan. Any alibi questions? Well, there's another question that you have to ask him. Oh, it's it's which next. really I feel like actually I have two. Given, given the name of his course, his flagship course, I feel like it just extra applies to him. Yes. Let's see. Do I have any other questions? Um, no. Uh, I, I wasn't too familiar with you before this, but I mean, I think I'm going to be recommending you to a couple different people. Well, I think this podcast, this discussion has been, yeah, I, I thoroughly have enjoyed it. 
Yeah, uh, I'm I, also I especially think... excited about the class coming up. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try to make it to this one in, in in Pennsylvania. I wish I knew about it even sooner. Uh, what, what general location are you in Pennsylvania? Northeastern. All right, so up there. Well, you can drive to Culpeper. Yeah. Might be closer. Uh, I'll probably just go to the go to this one, assuming I can assuming I have the time off to take. But uh, yeah, let's see. Any other questions? Uh, how many other instructors do you know that kind of teach um, not the same curriculum, but the same the same concepts as you, you know, in terms of in terms of how you should react, how you shouldn't react? Um, in, in my approach, I, I think and I'm hesitant to say this because there's always somebody out there. Right. You think I, I you think, think you're I'm, the only I, I think I'm pretty unique in this regard. Okay. There's another there's another class. Uh, who are you with a gun? And there's some guys in Indiana and it's all force on force. I, 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 I hate to even booger up the reference with this way, but I got to get I got to get to that class. Hmm. I've got to get to that class. Uh, there's a blog out there called Civilian Gunfighter. And if you go there and you can you can search uh, for uh, that, that this particular class, he's gone a couple of times. I think it's a Muncie. Uh, but I, I think I'm 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 filling a niche uh, in that regard. It, it it was kind of a conscious decision because first off, I don't shoot that great, and secondly, there's a long line of really shit hot shooting instructors out there right now that uh, one more voice in that field wasn't going to go very far. I think it's a I think it's a great concept. I mean, I think um I think a lot of people are looking for at least one part of what you teach, but yeah. when you if you really talk to them that you realize that they're really looking for all of it. The whole package. Because, yeah, because you know, you you go to a lot of different shooting classes and then eventually you either realize you need to take something else or other people tell you, "Listen, man, you've been to 20 different classes." <laughs> You've you've made it through thirty thousand rounds. I think, I think you could probably take something else now. Yeah. You, you shoot. So. You shoot good enough. Yeah. Not not even not even that, but it's not a bad choice for your first class either. Diversify. Fact, it's, it's, it's a fantastic oh. first choice, oh. I think, because you, you know, it's like we said before. People buy the gun and then they ask you how to shoot the gun more good, or but they don't care about anything else, and it's not because. It's not because they know about it and they don't care about it. They don't understand the weight of everything else involved with carrying the gun. So they just, you know, I know people that are like, eh, well, we've been kind of worried recently about how things are going with the world. So we bought a gun. And then like, that's the end of it, you know? So, so yeah, I think it's a fantastic first choice for a class as well. Evan, do you want to ask that last question? Oh, you want oh, me? To, you want me? Oh, to here, ask here we go. Well, I can. No, I'll ask it. Let's see. So, <clears throat> John, will your instruction get somebody killed in the streets? I would have to say uh, that is a potential outcome. Regardless, there are so many variables. Uh, if someone misapplies or misconstrues uh, a, a, a concept, I can't, I can't claim that. 
Mm-hmm. It, it can happen. And you can do everything right, everything right as an armed self-defender, and it won't matter. You're still going to be shot dead. Uh, variables there. There, there are. And, uh, uh, I, I will say that my goal is to, make, to enable people to make informed decisions across a spectrum of requirements. Uh, the outcome of those decisions, as you pointed out, there are just too many variables. Uh, and and, and uh, I got to say that outcome has haunted me. It has haunted me as a protect. You know, what did I say that I could have done differently if this ever comes to fruition? Uh, what did I what did I what was I wrong about that, that this person bought into? I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well wed to best practices. But, uh, well, to, to borrow a phrase, the science can change. Uh, and, and if people don't, re, re, you know, it, 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 sometimes Evan, it, the, the question haunts me. But uh, they, that, that student remains my focus. I, I, and, uh, I think that we've learned that things do change over time. Best, best practices do change over time. I mean, some things are concrete. Don't shoot people that you shouldn't shoot, obviously. Um, yeah, that's pretty good shot is generally good advice uh, but, uh how, how far behind, how far behind the curve can you work to catch up and pat all right if you misjudge that you're you're, you're killed on the streets yeah and I, I i talk about that concept a lot in the class uh if that eyeball eyeballs and muzzle muzzles are on you you gotta do something different uh but if someone misapplies that well Oh, you could construe it. Maybe I didn't do it right. I didn't impart that right. That can become a thing. But yeah, uh, I've, I've known instructors who have lost students. And it impressed me how much it, it validated my association with them by how much it impacted them. Uh, even the t- a top trauma surgeon is, is going to lose a few. Yeah. Uh, best efforts. All, all I can do is swing as hard as I can. I'll guarantee uh, at come, come 1700 on Sunday, if, if, when you take my class, I'll be completely wrung out. I will have left it all in the field. I think one thing I took away from this, this interview and discussing your class is your methods and your content, your classes, all focus on the concepts that the student can influence in an altercation. Because there are things that we can we can control, and there are things that we can't control. We right. can't control what the bad guy does, but we can we can control our own reactions, our own perceptions, and then our our, our actions. Good stuff, John Murphy. Thank you for your time. That was awesome. Thank yeah, you, Matt, John. Matt, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. <laughs>